and uh, so-and-so from blah, 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 number 30, who, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And the home of the Episode 60 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And at long last, long last being here defined as two weeks, at long last, we have returned. Uh, James is on the mend. I am back in the saddle. And uh, we are here to bring our particular brand of nonsense to your listening ears at no charge. Gratis. Our pleasure. How are you, James? I'm doing a lot better. Thank you so much. And apologies for not having a podcast last week. That was all on me. So sorry about that, folks. Uh, no, that, that, that's, that's fine, James. You, uh, my understanding is that you had the Black Death? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. The, the, the I, grip? I, I, yep. Um, it was some kind of a flu like thing and and it wasn't fun and I wasn't able to speak. Originally I thought it was strep throat, but apparently it wasn't, but it sure felt like it. And, uh, then it felt flu like symptoms as well and bronchitis or whatever the heck it was. So I don't know what it was and hopefully it's gone and good riddance to it and nobody else would suffer through it either. This is a hockey podcast, James. It was an upper body injury. That's exactly right. Exactly. And what an injury it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad to hear that you're better. You're, you, you almost sound like your old self. There's still, there's still just the slightest touch of something in your voice, but I don't think anybody's going to mind. I think everybody's going to be just happy to, to have you back. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it very much. But I missed you very much, and, and how are you doing, by the way? I'm all right. I, uh, we've been playing. The LIQ has been playing in the heat <laughs> recently, and... Uh, you know, not against my, well, I was going to say against my better judgment, but I don't have good judgment, which is why I was playing in the heat to begin with. Uh, that's probably why I, I am a goalie to begin with, quite frankly. But um, yeah, so I've been playing and uh, I really, honestly, I thought I would be feeling worse. But fortunately, I haven't been feeling the effects as much as I have in the past, even a couple weeks ago. Fantastic. That's a great sign. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I mean, I have my uh, my silly little head wrap thing. It's like, uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but basically it's it's one of those fabrics that you get it wet and it stays cool and, and it absorbs the sweat and that helps to keep cooling you. So I keep that over my neck and my head, which I think in the heat, especially when I wear the mask, I think that helps to, to regulate my body temperature. And, you know, I tried to drink plenty of water. I drank two sport bottles full of water and then uh you know a, a plastic water bottle on top of that last time we played so I'm, I'm trying to keep hydrated as much as as possible and i guess it's working so um i guess the the really long and drawn out answer is what you just heard the short to the point answer is i'm okay 
<laughs> Terrific. That's good to hear. Yeah. I'm glad that we take our own advice too. So good stuff. Yeah. yeah. From- <laughs> I heard all about that stuff on the Hit the Deck podcast and it's working for me. <laughs> See, we, we practice what we preach, ladies and gentlemen. So we don't just tell you what to do, but we, we live it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Living the dream, James. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hockey, hockey, hockey. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I should probably bring it back to hockey since that's what this podcast is ostensibly about. So, you know, that's my very subtle uh, transition. Hockey, hockey, hockey. <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks. Guys. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it hurts to laugh. I'm sorry. That's okay, man. It's worth it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what's new? Um, and Maybe we should just get started. What do you think? Sounds good. Okay. All right. I mean, was there something you wanted to add before we jump into the podcast proper? No, sir. All right. Well, then we shall soldier on. And in our soldiering, we shall begin our basic training, I suppose, with the starting lineup, as we always do. So for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my steadfast co-host... On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Determined down but not out. I appreciate that. Welcome welcome back, James. I don't know if I gave you an official welcome back. I know I said it's good to have you back, but uh, on behalf of the listeners, welcome back to the podcast. Sincere thank you for that. And yeah, man, following the example of an American rhino, you got to just suck it up and, and go for it. So, <laughs> And I guess more, more to the salient point, welcome back to the land of relative health. Yeah, thanks. I I don't know what's going on this year, man. It's like every other month I get some kind of horrible sickness that takes me down and uh which should be all right if I could if I were able to speak. So just kind of deal with it, but that's the scary part. It's like maybe I should take a hint. Well, you know, it's it's cliché to say, but it, I think the weather has played a big part in it cuz it's now we seem to have settled into just a steady heat. The heat of summer, which is not surprising in this area of the country. But, you know, for a while there, it was like it would be 50 degrees one day and it would be 80 the next, you know, and it was really tough to kind of get your body adjusted to the temperature because the temperature was fluctuating constantly. And I think that's probably a lot of what got you sick. And, and I was sick a little bit too myself, so I, I, I don't want to put this all on you. And plus, you just got back from that trip. So... You got sick pretty quickly after you got back within the week. So you have no idea what you might have picked up on, you know, out there in the desert or in Vegas or even on the plane. Those things are just, you know, Petri dishes, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like uh, they're germ factories, those planes, because they just recirculate the air. So you nailed it, as a matter of fact. And, and that's exactly what happened to me, because I remember because my father wasn't feeling well, and then we kind of passed it on to my mother and my sister-in-law. Mm. But uh, I took it the worst. I took the brunt of it, which, fine, I'd much rather I go down than anybody else. But that's what my mom was saying, that the planes are just, you, you nailed it, they're Petri dishes. And I happened to sit on a, we had the red eye coming back home, mm-hmm. and I happened to sit in a seat where they didn't clean the plane, and there was a little baby that was there, and there were... Oh, boy soaking wet pretzels and lord knows what else so that's what i was able to sit in for five plus hours and you lucky uh, guy yeah boy so uh for as 
far as we've come in society and, and technology where we could fly basically wherever we want in the world, we are still in the dark ages in a lot of ways in the airlines. So uh, beware when you go flying and, and, and definitely double up on the hand sanitizer and the vitamin C and, and whatever else you got out there because you're going to need it. Who says what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? <laughs> yeah, seriously. They could keep it. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, do you feel up to telling us what's on deck for this podcast, James? Yes, sir. All right. Well, then I will hand it over to your capable hands. Thank you. Yeah, it's bare bones, so I, I forgive me for that. But hockey scouts, beware. Hockey player data collection has been taken to a whole other level by a company called Hockey Tech, and human scouts may be out of jobs because of it. And Drafty Daffy. The Vegas Golden Knights had their draft on June 21st and now officially have a team. Did they steal one of your favorite players in the process, though? And how do you think they did? And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. It is worth mentioning to the listener, albeit briefly, that this may be an abbreviated podcast. We had hoped to have a little extra content for you this week. But unfortunately, the guest we had lined up had to be a last-minute cancellation. But we hope to bring you that very uh, entertaining and informative conversation on a future episode of Hit the Deck. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, we're talking about computers stealing them jobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this seems to be a common thread because the previous Hit the Deck, we were talking about that as well, where uh, Thunderbot from uh, a mascot or, or some kind of a artificial intelligent helper in the Tampa Bay Lightning Arena. So now we go to Hockey Tech which is kind of fascinating. It's a company that uses sensors based all over the arena. Mm -hmm. And what I think they use to read the data. So I think there's something that's, and, and I'm dating myself here. There's something that looks like and shaped like a beeper. Is it if serious? Anybody, is the, it, pardon me? The relationship. You said you're dating yourself. Is it serious? <laughs> no, it's not. No, uh, none of my relationships. It's a, it's a casual like thing. Yeah, nothing. It's never gone past a couple of years. You are the love him and leave him type, James. Oh, you betcha, sure. <laughs> so anyway, I just, I just hope that you know you it ends on good terms because that that would be a very difficult relationship if it went sour. Exactly. Yeah, it would. But anyway, um, so getting back to the, the I'm, hockey I'm tech, sorry. That's fine. One of the things I miss so much about this podcast is the genius of the American Rhino. But um, so there's this little sensor that looks like a beeper, if anybody remembers what a beeper looked like. And uh, I think the player wears that on his uniform somewhere. And then that's how you gather everything. So you can actually see how much puck possession the player has, how much ice time he's used, positioning where he is on the ice, even things like his heart rate, his shot and pass accuracy and power and a plethora of other data points that they could use. And it's really fascinating. But they still say that they need human uh, scouts out there, but they're saying that this is more like a helpful tool for them. And even for GMs and, and, and higher-ups in, in NHL teams, they say that the hockey tech is in all 31 NHL arenas, so every team can use this, and they're in all over colleges and, and uh, minor league hockey leagues and stuff like that too so it's really kind of interesting so hopefully they can meld the two together and you have uh, state-of-the-art up-to-date real-time data that's really useful 
Yeah, I mean, I I applaud the the advance of technology because, well, really any kind of technology because one advancement often leads to another, to another, to another, and that's how society advances. But um, the thing, uh, these sports analytics technologies are always a little hit or miss, right? I mean, uh, just for example, you know, we're baseball fans, James and I, and in the last few years they've developed this kind of, um, basically it's uh, kind of a camera slash computer system that is supposed to be able to accurately track the strike zone. And for a while they were using it to kind of train umpires about what the correct strike zone was. But it seems the usage of it seems to have fallen off a lot in the last year or so. I mean, I remember it seemed like half the stadiums in the major leagues had these camera systems set up behind home plate. And now I just haven't been seeing them as much. So and I haven't seen like the uh, the the, the K tracker stuff on the I mean, I don't watch ESPN and the nobody does don't worry sny doesn't use that stuff as much as it is but it just seems like on the whole you don't hear about it as much so you know this relating it back to this i think there is a lot of potential here but i don't know if it's the kind of transformative technology i mean it's early days so who can tell and it seems like more of a scouting thing than a practical thing but who knows what you know Maybe if if maybe this could lead to more accurate goal, uh, you know, goal judging, or um, you know, more accurate. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it'll lead to the return of the the blue puck. <laughs> <laughs> no, along your, your your thinking, that's an excellent point. Is that the league every year always for the off season they experiment with rule changes. And even equipment changes, so which have delved into the goalies changing their pads, even the 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 position of the camera over the goals, the goals themselves, how they're designed, and things like that with the uh, with the crossbar, so you could see straight down and stuff like that. So right. that yeah, and and they're always toying with that too. One of the reasons why they do the three on three overtime is just for that to encourage scoring and and to eliminate ties and all that stuff. So. Also, because the, the shootout is a crapshoot, and uh, really, I don't think any game should be determined by a shootout because it's not a real actual game in-game um, occurrence. It's just kind of a separate right. fake thing. So uh, it's not organic. But um, so that's, that's a great point. They could probably see where the puck is all the time, like what Gretzky does in his head, but uh, what these computers can do and, and see if where the shots are coming and how accurate the shots are and how hard they are and goalie positioning and so on and so forth. So that, that's a great point there that, yeah, not only do they value, uh, evaluate the players themselves, but probably the goal scoring opportunities and, and save opportunities as well. So that, that's a good point. And another thing that you mentioned too is interestingly enough is that hockey tech is one of the few organizations that's gathering hockey data and it's not because companies don't want to help out the NHL and, and hockey in general, but it's just that it's a harder sport to gather data from because it's so fast. The players are so strong and, right. and all that. And plus, believe it or not, this technology or some technology has difficulty gathering information off of a sheet of ice 
which apparently is difficult to track against as opposed to a green field of a baseball field or a soccer pitch and so on and so forth. Yeah, well, I imagine the I'm not sure how the computers are in terms of being able to recognize and differentiate this stuff. But I know the human eye is lazy. The human eye is drawn to white space. So uh, if if cameras and computers operate on a similar principle, not that they're lazy, but, you know, if, if they're if it's easier for them to pick up something white on a dark background, then you can see how a baseball on a, you know, a, a green field or even like um, a football that's passing over white stripes that are painted on the field. You can see how that could be more easily tracked potentially than a space that's entirely white and a small black dot that has to be picked up. Mm. It's also when you consider that the puck, the relative size of the puck compared to all of the hulking bodies that are surrounding it. You know, it, I, I'm sure it's easy to lose that in the uh, in the shuffle of that. I mean, heck, the the referees and linesmen who are right down on the ice with them very often lose sight of the puck, and they're you know they they can move their perspective, they can follow the puck. You know, they're not just stuck in a fixed position high above the arena or you know along the side or what have you. So I can understand the difficulties in tracking hockey and honestly we talked about this on a previous podcast about how and and i joked about the the blue puck the fox Mm -hmm. tracks thing we talked about how that technology was was coming back to an extent really the only way i can see and you know i'm obviously no expert but the only way i can think of to accurately track the puck in three dimensions is to put some kind of chip in it that can be tracked by sensors lining the rink that doesn't have to be line of sight it can be some kind of other signal be it you know ir or bluetooth or whatever what whatever makes sense and that way the the arena would kind of serve as a sensor net that uh, would track the puck that way but that sounds very expensive and i don't know if the nhl has the kind of cash to invest in that kind of infrastructure, and I don't know if they'd want to, frankly. Yeah, another excellent point that you're bringing up as well. As a matter of fact, I remember a few years ago for the NH- the uh, Electronic Arts NHL franchise mm-hmm. for the video games. Yes, yes, EA Sports. It's in the game. Thank you, sir. Yep. They, uh, I remember they, I guess to entice fans to buy the new game every year, mm-hmm. year after year, is that they focused one season in particular on the puck physics. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they did what you just suggested. If it was something like that, if they put a chip in a puck and kind of followed it around and shot it all over the place and see how it bounced off of the boards as opposed to the glass or how mm-hmm. it came off of a goalie pad that was just brought out as opposed to a nice broken in pad and, and things of that nature and caroming off of sticks, blades and, and whatever else. So that was kind of fascinating how they were able to do that for the video game. So maybe they have something similar to that with this modern technology as well. But the other good thing about this hockey tech is that they claim that the computer can learn as it's going along. So it's not just black and white. It can differentiate between a hard pass and a shot. And that may sound strange, but in terms of the, like you mentioned again, the genesis and evolution of, of technology is that 
that was something that a computer had difficulty reading because passes can be pretty hard. You know, they're going 75, 80 miles an hour or whatever the case is, and they could be going over a far distance. And a shot, a good wrist shot could be the same, you know, 85 miles an hour, therefore, give or take from a similar angle and stuff like that. So this actually knows if the puck is being shot or passed and it can adapt to the player that it's tracking. And it seems to be a lot more accurate than anything else in the past. So yeah, it uh, seems promising. I didn't have the EA games for Genesis. The The game I had was Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was for me, it was the, the, the Super Nintendo of the whole thing. That's uh, where's my. <laughs> yes, I deserve that. <laughs> Yes, I deserve your boos. Shower me with them. No way, man. Don't 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 boo a rhino cuz you'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh it's it's interesting. It's like I like said before, the development of this technology could lead to who knows what. And so 10 years from now, we could be watching hockey completely differently or at least Maybe not watching it differently, but, you know, having access to to completely different statistics and completely different, you know, basically just the the way the game is presented to us could be completely different. And we could be like, oh, yeah, man, I can't even remember what it was like before we had these hockey tech sensors littered all over the arena. But for now, it just I don't know. It seems like I, I'm I'm going to climb up on the box for a minute. <laughs> By all means, please. Uh, just uh, just 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 a mini rant, not a big thing. I just I I understand that a lot of money is invested in these teams, and I understand that it, you know it's a business like anything else, and so they want to try and get the best bang for their buck. And with the uh, advanced statistics, people value you know data, raw data, more and more in terms of evaluating players. But I just I feel like. It's just too much, you know? At what point, yeah, maybe you can gauge somebody's tendencies by looking at the raw numbers, but in a game where just, you know, a mound of ice in the crease or, you know, a, a, stray, a, a slightly off uh, misaligned seam in the boards or, you know, any a, a rut in the ice or any number of completely unpredictable variables can change the the game on a moment's notice i feel like you just have to pick the best players you know you need that human element you need the scouts you need somebody who's going to look at somebody and say yeah when the chips are down or when you know when when you're in a pinch i want that player because that player knows what they're doing you know it's there's a lot of guys who have goals in garbage time or goals you know when when it doesn't matter or, you know, the game's not on the line, but I don't know this, this, this kind of money ball idea that, that sports as a whole has tended towards in the last decade or so. It just, I don't know. I I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it by cracky dag nabbit. No, that's very fair. And and God bless you for it too. As Gary and I have, you know, we wear it on our sleeves and we're proud of it and we should be being Star Trek fans. Uh, I was just watching a repeat of the original series the other day where they had a computer that was running the Enterprise. Mm. And the whole point of it was that it couldn't differentiate between a 
practice scenario in a real life scenario mm-hmm. where Captain Kirk or any human captain would be able to adapt to. So exactly, we're, we're going a little bit too far to the video game mentality, which as you mentioned before, like graphics when you're watching TV and the score is always up there, the time's up there, if there's power plays and, and you're getting inundated with too much data and too many statistics, in my opinion anyway. And even when you go to the games now, the, the, the screens are so much bigger if your baseball game, a hockey game, everything is in your face and it's bright and it's blinking and it's just like overload. And all you want to do is watch a sport and enjoy yourself and not be staring at a stupid phone for your, the rest of your life. So exactly. And, and there is a value to emotions. And another analogy, too, was for Jackie Robinson, for example. Maybe he never necessarily wasn't the greatest black baseball player at the time, but he was recognized for being the toughest and mentally toughest as well. And for what, what a gifted athlete that he was. And you put all those things together and that's how he was able to, to flourish. And exactly right. You can't evaluate that on a, on a computer, what a man's heart is, what his, uh, his guts are and, and, and his uh, brain capacity and, and his, his, his true heroism and his, and his real toughness and what makes him who he is. It's exactly, you, you can't, put a number on that. It's that's the human aspect. And that's what makes heroes heroes and, and cowards cowards, you know, and separates the men from the boys and any other analogy you want to use. So I, I agree with you, man. Uh, it, it's great that they are getting so accurate and hopefully they could use this to prevent injuries and things like that, especially with the concussion problems that we've been having in, in all around sports and uh, even ankle injuries and so many things that, that, that hurt, hockey players hopefully they can evaluate that and and prevent big injuries from happening or if something is is a little off like let's say like uh for a couple of years ago stall for the the new york rangers the defenseman Mm -hmm. he had was playing in the playoffs with a fractured i believe ankle or something and then he blocked a shot and he broke it Hmm. so if you could tell that okay this guy has a fracture here or a, a nagging injury there maybe you can kind of say listen go get that checked out and then avoid being on the injured reserve for a long time. So yeah, don't take the human part out of it because when it all boils down to it's games played by human beings and that's the beauty of it is that you don't know what this, this outcome is going to be. That's why we watch sports and we're so passionate and we get so excited when they win and why our hearts break when they lose. That's just, that's the way it goes. So you're right, man. Don't, uh, don't change your, mentality there and god bless you for it it's like herb brooks said in miracle i don't need the best players i need the right ones case closed you're not gonna win that argument uh, so well done you know Mr. what American you know what Ryan. though i don't know if this is something that's being looked into but what you said about preventing concussions and things if they could put like accelerometers in the helmets and you know that instead of relying on a player to say, no, no, I'm okay. Or, uh, you know, instead of relying on some kind of concussion protocol where they need to see that there's a problem, you know, I mean, uh, what's the difference between a really hard hit and, you know, uh, a, a debilitating hit? I don't know. But if, if the, uh, you know, if you could put accelerometers in the helmets and there's a threshold where you, you know, it's like even they have iPads on the bench. If, if like the trainer could have one and once a player's helmet 
threshold exceeds a, a certain whatever, you know, on a hit, maybe it starts blinking and you know, even if the player doesn't show immediate signs of being in trouble, maybe, you know, the, the trainer then knows, okay, this was a dangerous hit. I need to take you and look at you for a few minutes with, you know, even if they're not immediately displaying signs. Because, you know, hockey players, they're not going to stop unless you, you know, tie them to a chair. They, they're they going to want to get out there on the ice. They're going to be like, hey, coach, I don't feel good. You know, <laughs> they're going to they're not going to stop until they forget their own name. And even then, they're only going to stop because they can't remember why they're supposed to be out there. <laughs> like, no, man, you're right. I'm not opposed to these sensors. I'm just a, I, I just want them to be used in a way that's beneficial and not in a way that's just like, you know, statistics for statistics yep. sake. That's all. Amen. Exactly. All right. Well said, sir. Uh, we've, uh, I'm going to step down now. Uh, <laughs> box segment is over and uh, I think we should move along. What do you think? Uh, sounds good, sir. All right. So I guess uh, the, the only other topic or main topic we have for tonight's podcast is uh, a, a little, a couple of little things that happened since the last time we spoke in the NHL, uh, and that's a couple of drafts. Yes, sir. The man from the draft board. Oh, and uh yes thank you daffy so yeah basically the, the if if you've been in a hole or a cave or if you've been in a cave and fallen down a hole the 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 vegas golden knights have a team now they they um greedily plucked players from every nhl team to to swell their own ranks and so you know maybe you lost a good player that that you're gonna really miss and maybe you didn't. Maybe you lost. Maybe you lost somebody you don't care about, or or somebody you're actually glad to get rid of. Who knows? But um, it happened. It was a thing that happened. <laughs> no doubt about that. And uh, yeah, just leading off. You know, Gary and I are Ranger fans, so again, we always try and stick to what we know best. So forgive us if if you're not interested in the, in the Rangers point of view, but the Knights just stole Oscar Lindbergh from the New York Rangers. He's a forward and a young guy. I think he's only been in the league for about three years. <laughs> totally. And um, they were supposed to steal Antti Ranta, which is the Rangers backup goalie, but they intended to steal Oscar Lindbergh and, and the American Rhino and my brother both scooped me on those, that issue because I was stupidly watching the uh, draft during the award ceremony on the NHL network, which was nice and it was you know, cute and everything. But I just wanted to get down to business and see what the draft was going to be like. But uh, you guys told me a good few hours before the stupid draft happened and the Rangers were up there on the board to have their player taken from them. So Don't um, worry, James. The Rangers lost Ronta anyway. Exactly. Phew. Dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would have hated to go into next season with a competent backup goalie. Oh my goodness! And and um and 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 Derek Stepan. I mean, uh, how does that happen? Uh, I I don't uh, know. We're getting ahead of ourselves, though. Yeah, we are. We are. But uh, anyway, getting back to to the Vegas Golden Knights, I think they did a pretty darn good job. Uh, George McPhee, the GM, uh, who had a lot of success with the um, the Capitals. Mm-hmm. 
from 97 to 15, I believe, to 2015. And uh, basically he, okay, fine, if you want to say that they, they haven't closed the deal, but they've been a consummate team to get through in the East for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's at the helm over there in, in, in Vegas and has already flipped a few players and stuff. And I believe he's way under the, the salary cap as well. And just that the goalies, I'd, I'd love to hear your point of view here too. They got I wish this guy pronounced his name properly, but Calvin Pickard, it should be Picard. But <laughs> anyway, uh, if his name was Picard, then I'd have to be his fan of his. But anyhow, uh, they, they got him from the Colorado Avalanche as their first draft. James, he, he, he can't pronounce it that way because, as we've discussed before, goalies aren't allowed to be captain. Oh, good point. Thank you. <laughs> then they, uh, from the Islanders, they, they stole Berube. They were kind of like a two-headed monster there for, mm. for the uh, the season over there in, in, in Brooklyn for the Islanders. So he's a great goalie as well, or at least a solid pick. And then they had the nerve to pick up Marc-Andre Fleury, the three-time Stanley Cup champion, and how he's won three cups is beyond me, yeah. from the Pittsburgh Penguins. So right there in goal, they are pretty stacked for a an expansion team. Yeah, I mean, Fleury, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Flurry can have his good moments. I mean, he's won a couple of cups or a few cups, so obviously he's not a slouch in goal, but he's also been playing behind Crosby and Malkin and, you know, whoever exactly. else in Pittsburgh. So it, it's it's easy to play well when you have, a, you know, a powerhouse offense in front of you. It's easy to make the saves that you have to when the puck is hardly in your zone. Fair enough. And and totally. Flurry has had moments, you know, or moments. Yeah. I say like like he's had you know a, just a, a fleeting here and there. He's had long stretches where he has looked like a terrible goalie. So you never know what you're going to get. And with a goalie that's getting up there in his career, it's, it's you know closer to being a veteran than a rookie. <laughs> um, he's probably not going to improve in that, you know, those those uh those streaky stretches are probably going to wind up being longer on the downside than they are on the upside. So, as a veteran presence, yeah, maybe it was a good call, but I don't know if he's somebody I'd want to build around if I'm the Knights. Yeah, you, good point there. Maybe they're looking to flip one of those guys too to uh, to to see what's going on. Because they they've already flipped a few players that they drafted for future mm-hmm. picks in uh, the near future as well. So again, uh, I think um, George McPhee is a smart guy. He's a good hockey man and knows what he's doing. So the over under too. I don't know. I I, th- I think they look like a good team on paper, and then it's going to be a whole other story once they start playing. But if they win twenty games, I'd be surprised this year. Because the West is really tough as well, but uh, and, and I'm sure that a lot of opposing teams are going to really have a kick, get a kick out of playing in Las Vegas and uh, the bright lights and, and the fun and the craziness and whatever. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah. uh, they seem to be off on a good start. I'm going to give them 25 games, just just because I'm altruistic and it really my opinion doesn't matter in the slightest. Well, so I can, you know, I'm going to give them 25 wins this season. Fair enough. I'm but, good uh, like but, that. Absolutely. But speaking of, of great goalies and, and having favorite players stolen from us, you know, I, I rem- James, sorry, just yeah, before sure. we move on, I, I know where you're going and uh, obviously I want to get to that. But just before we move on, we did the last time we were on the podcast, there was one thing, kind of the elephant in the room that we were talking about that hadn't been addressed yet. And now it has. What do you think of the jerseys? 
Uh, yeah, great point. Uh, I I was really underwhelmed by them, quite frankly. Uh, I think that you and and Brad have done a much much better job in designing jerseys <laughs> and color schemes and logos and things. And I really mean that too, because I hope everybody's seen the hit the deck jersey that Gary designed and gave me for Christmas. It's it's beautiful. It's so cool looking, and it's it's great, and it it, it flows. It's 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 exciting looking. It's what a jersey should be. And the same thing for our liquidators jersey as well. It, it's such a cool logo and the color schemes and it's so awesome and really well thought out. So for the Golden Knights, it looked like their colors are great. You know, black, gold, and how do you screw that up? And yeah. I'm not a fan of the the gray body and I really don't like the red stripe. I don't yeah, think that's, there's... Yeah, that's what really gets me too. I, yeah. I hate those arm stripes. It's like, I, I don't know, are they the Senators or uh, like, yeah. I, I'm not... I don't know what they're going for. You know, it doesn't, it, it clashes to me. I, I just, I think, I, I think the look that they were going for with the Jersey, you know, the logo design and, and the Jersey as a whole was more of a classy look, uh, you know, kind of a, a classic stripped down. I think, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And those red stripes just jump out at me as gaudy. I, I don't, I don't understand why they're there. I don't get them. Exactly right. And that's another thing that drives me nuts because uh, I love colors and things. And, yeah. and being a sports fan our whole lives is that uh, you, you appreciate logos and jerseys and color schemes because they're important. They mean something. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Uh, where does the red come from? I, I'm assuming that it has to do because uh, Bill Foley graduated from West Point. I believe he served in the Army. And, and that's the whole connection. So if it has to do with the bloodshed of our wonderful, God bless them, heroes that, that have fought for our country and our, of our military, that's beautiful. And I love that and I appreciate that. But where is the red in the logo, you know, or in the primary logo? I, I don't understand. So it just it, – it's I get you. They, they tried to be traditional and forward-thinking hand-in-hand hand, and sometimes it just doesn't work. And I don't – personally for me, I don't I, – I, I would have liked a black jersey better – and maybe the red would have popped a little bit better there, but I didn't like the, the gray with the the red and the black there. Now, now I sound flippant. I was going to say that the red stripe represents the casinos bleeding people dry. Maybe it does. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm too much of a sucker, so uh, <laughs> don't go by what I'm thinking. But you're probably right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know what? I whatever they're wearing. Hey, hey, baby. <laughs> hey, Vegas. <laughs> What are you wearing? <laughs> you. I'm sorry. Uh, whatever they're wearing, I look forward to to watching some Golden Knights games uh, on the television, not in person. Uh, I yeah. look I look forward to watching some games this season. So you know, good luck to the the Knights. Definitely, well said. So going back to that transition that I ruined before, you were talking no. about uh, goalies and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't ruin anything, actually. Uh, when <laughs> one uh, thing. Oh, oh no, no. I, I got it. I got it. I can salvage this. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, ready. Okay. <clears throat> I look forward to watching the Golden Knights this season. One thing I will miss watching this season is a couple of players that uh, our beloved Rangers traded away in advance of the. 2017 NHL entry draft in order to move up to the seventh overall pick, which is the highest pick they've had in uh, 13 years, I believe. Oh, really? Wow. I didn't even know that. Yes. Well, you know, they've had a good run. 
That's true. <laughs> they haven't won anything, but well, they've they've had a successful run. I think they've only missed the playoffs what once in the last ten years or something like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, you so. know, okay. But yeah, I was hoping that you'd be able to explain it to me because I don't understand. I, I I thought that Derek Steph. I mean, we don't have much of an. The Rangers don't have much of an offense. So anytime that you lose, uh, okay, fine. Maybe Oscar Lindbergh wasn't a, a prolific scorer and and a superstar. But for our anemic offense, I, I really liked them, and he provided a nice punch and another option out there. But uh, Derek Stepan, I mean, okay, fine. If they want to avoid his contract like they did with Callahan and they've done in the past with other players, mm-hmm. I don't get it. And I, what, what we got, we traded him for some young, prospering forward or something. It's that's kid defenseman. that's not even, oh, that's for the defense. Okay. So I don't know. And, and then they didn't, which, okay, I'm not going to really flip out about this, but. They decided not to re-sign Girardi and let him go. So there was another defenseman that the Rangers let go. And as we said before, Auntie Ranta uh, went along with uh, Stepan to uh, to Arizona. So I well, don't... I mean, this isn't the Rangers cast, so I don't want to no, analyze true. it too much. But Girardi, Girardi was necessary. He his cap hit was huge, and you know he his he's been on the decline considerably the last couple of seasons. And it, you know it's just his body's breaking down as he ages because he's. He's the kind of guy who'll lay down in front of a puck, just like you. So, um, you know, it's it's not surprising that that happened, but uh, it's unfortunate that it had to shake out the way it did. And, yeah, I will miss Ranta because Lundqvist is not getting any younger. And, you know, it as much as we all love the king here in New York, you know, he's the magic has to run out sooner or later and having a a competent backup for those stretches where he is having a bad time, which happens, you know, every season it happens. And, you know, if he gets hurt, he got, he got hurt a couple of times this year and we were fortunate to have a, a good backup that could step in. And now I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate. That's all. That's all. Um, so yeah, uh, you know what, before we go, James, I would like to, as, as you can see, not the listener, you can't see because you're listening to this audio podcast, but with your ears, but as James can see, I am wearing a red, white, and blue Captain America jersey because as we record, (laughs) we're coming up on the 4th of July weekend, the birthday of our country. And so, obviously, being the uh, the American Rhino, I wanted to celebrate with a little red, white, and blue, and I will continue to do so. But seeing as how that holiday is coming up, I wanted to offer this public service announcement to you, our valued and appreciated listeners. So, you know what? What's the one thing that people associate with the Fourth of July more than anything else? More than barbecues and parades and you know, apple pie. What's the one thing that people associate with the 4th of July? I'm starting to sound like Daffy again. Um, Oh, it's a damn shame people can't see this. Well, anyway, um, 
fireworks. I'm obviously talking about fireworks. Or oh, yeah. mouthing silly noises alluding to fireworks. Um, so you, being a person who likes fireworks, because who doesn't like fireworks? They're awesome. You may be tempted to go out and get your own fireworks and put on your own display. Like uh, drive to, well, here in New York where James and I are, fireworks are not legal. So people go to like Pennsylvania and get them. And I know some people like go over the border to Mexico and get some of the crazy fireworks and, you know, the, the like really illegal stuff and put on a nice display of your own for your neighbors and, and your family, and, oh, you'll be a big hero, right? You're going to see, everybody's going to see how awesome you are, and, and uh, you know, oh, it's the best, right? Fourth of July, fireworks. There's nothing better than getting some fireworks and setting them off, right? No, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm telling you right now, you may be tempted to do it. You may already have bought the fireworks. Please don't do it. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you probably enjoy playing hockey and uh, or, or at least you enjoy hockey. And if you enjoy playing hockey, then you're going to need those fingers to hold your stick. You know, they're, it, it's kind of key. Right. It's it, it's important. You you would be surprised how useful fingers are. Right. They're like, think of all the things you use your fingers for. And think of how much it would blow if you didn't have those fingers, right? So just be on the safe side. You know, if you don't play hockey, if you watch hockey, guess what? You use your fingers to to click the remote control. You're not going to be able to put on the hockey game without fingers and hands. And you can put an eye out. It's true. It's all true. Like, I get it. I know fireworks are awesome, but unless you're a professional, don't mess with them. Please. I, I know I'm preaching to you here, but it's just because it just, just don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's just a loud, colorful boom. And you know what? Macy's puts on a better show on television than you're going to put on in your backyard anyway. So just turn up the sound. Everybody has flat screen TVs now. Turn off the lights. Just like, it's going to be, it's great. Like, it's great, you know? So that's all. That's all I wanted to say on this 4th of July weekend. Maybe, maybe you're listening to this. Maybe the 4th of July has already passed. And I, I hope you still have enough fingers to <laughs> enable the podcast. That's all. That, you know, like, uh, don't say I didn't warn you. And another thing, too, is you, you could go deaf from uh, something going off in your ear too close. And, and if you don't believe us, just if you're a New York football Giants fan, that uh, Jason Paul idiot, he lost half of his hand for setting off fireworks and he's lost his career as well. So listen to the American Rhino. He knows what he's talking about. Can you imagine going deaf? Can you imagine how much you would lose if you went deaf? You wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast anymore. And you may think that's not such a bad thing, but think of all the other things that you wouldn't be able to hear. I mean, honestly, it's not worth it. And I hope you're smart enough to, uh, to agree with us on that because you've got your whole life ahead of you. Blah, 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 blah. And all right. <laughs> all right. Your dads are done talking. <laughs> Last minute remaining in the podcast. All right. Thank you, Pops. Another dad. <laughs> and uh, if Pops was here on the podcast with us right now, he would probably tell you the same thing. 
I'm assuming. I don't know. It sounds like something he, I don't know. Anyway, so thank you, Pops. Thank you. Thank you for taking care of us and thinking of us. And thank you for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to bro, Anthony Sejazi, who's also a father and probably is also against setting off fireworks, setting a good example for his two children. Thank you for music contributed to the podcast. Thank you to the LIQ, who is made up of intelligent uh, young men and, and, and probably brash, stupid ones as well. Ah, youth. But um, so thank you for all the sound effects that you've contributed to the podcast. Thank you to you, of course, our dear cherished listener for listening to the podcast. And all kidding aside, we really are happy to have you. And we really do just want you to take care of yourselves because we care about you. That's all. We value you. We care about you. And we want you to be safe. And, you know, if you'd like to tell us (laughs) that you care about us or tell us where to go, you know, and what to do with those fireworks. Please feel free to do so at hitthedeck at gmail.com or tweet at us at hitthedeckpod or, uh, you know, Facebook. Open a dialogue with us on our Facebook page or Instagram at hitthedeck or, uh, you know, YouTube. I know I know, I talk a big game about YouTube and I haven't delivered much lately, but uh, I, I, see, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope out there on the far horizon. So in the next few weeks, there is a good chance that we will finally have some fresh content for you to view. So please, I encourage you to subscribe on our YouTube channel so that when that content does finally drop, you can be among the very first to watch it. And while you're subscribing to stuff, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. I mean, come on, we're 60 episodes in. What are you waiting for? Just go to uh, iTunes or Stitcher or um, Spotify or, you know, whatever, whatever, wherever you get your podcast and just subscribe. I want to hit the deck podcast. Click. And there we are. Every every time a podcast drops, there it is. Don't have to go looking for it. The wonders of technology. And uh, so um, I have no idea what's left. James, what, what have I forgotten? You have forgotten nothing. So thank you so much and happy 4th of July, everybody. Yes, thank you very much. And if you are out there on the court uh, or the the deck or the bald surface, um, bald as in spherical, not bald as in lacking hair, although I would imagine whatever surface you might be playing hockey on would be lacking hair. It's not grass. It's not like a baseball or football or tennis you know that's it's if you're playing field hockey then i would expect there to be some kind of uh hair grass thing on the field i mean the field that's it's right there in the name field hockey but uh this isn't about field hockey it's not hockey and trainers it's hockey and sneakers it's deck hockey ball hockey street hockey and on that surface if you are out there playing hockey on this fourth of july weekend or whenever you happen to be listening to this i would urge you to remember while it may be hot while you may be all excited while your fervor may be up with the spirit of competition and the spirit of 1776 i would just implore you to remember especially on this weekend it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody so long dracula (laughs) you don't